You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2022 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the privilege of serving you and of knowing you and being used by you. We want to honor you today with all of our hearts and give you the recognition, the love that you deserve. We, want, we don't want to be caught up in the busyness of helping others that we lose sight of our Savior. We want to blend the Martha and the Mary qualities to be able to love you with the best of, of who we are and what you have done for us. So please bless us as we read your word. Remind us why we're here and what we're to be about. And finish your work in us and in the world to the coming of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 There is a psalm that I really, really like in relation to what we've been talking about and sharing. And that's Psalm 146. The whole thing is beautiful, so I'm just going to read from top to bottom. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs, he returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perish. That's a good Adventist text. We may stop right there. Let's keep going. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Psalm 146, the psalm of the refugee. Amen? The immigrants, the international students, he watches over the strangers. I encourage you to keep reading the Word of God, watching for migrants, people on the move, people that God is watching over in their journey, the pilgrims on this earth. So many more texts we could look at together that we haven't had a chance to, but you have the Word of God in your hands and a perspective that will enable you to see through the eyes of God for the stranger in our midst. Jesus cared so much about this that he risked his life to clean out the temple. Uh, We just shot a video podcast that will come out through ASAP Ministries in the future called Jesus and the Gentile Next Door. And we looked at how Jesus came and threw the, the tables of the temple over. He set the animals free. He chased out the busy thieves, as he called them, who were dressed as priests. And the children and the lame and the blind and the stranger came back into that courtyard of the Gentiles. Though there had been a a sign posted there that says, Keep out all Gentiles. At fear of death, do not cross this barrier. Jesus broke down that barrier and opened the door for all to come to him. And he called it, he said, My house. My Father's house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. So we see in Revelation chapter 7 the promise that this will come, that this will happen. In Revelation chapter 7, it speaks of the 144,000, and he hears that number, and then he turns and what he sees is a great multitude which no one can number. Verse 9 says, of all nations, tribes, and people. Amen? Amen standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They are saved. They are clothed with white robes. They have palm branches in their hands, crying out, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. These are the ones who washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So we're going to see that group. We're going to be part of that group. We're not Jews, literally. I don't think any of us, maybe some. We're going to be there as the spiritual Israel of God that He has redeemed. And then Revelation 21 tells of that time. Verse 22, I saw no temple in it. 
Wow, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are His temple, accessible to all, all are priests before God. The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine in, for the glory of God illuminated the Lamb, illuminated it, the Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor. The Lord is so excited about this, he he repeats it again, verse 26, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. What is the glory of the nations? Their food? Their clothing? How they reflect Christ. And I believe there's uniquenesses. You can kind of feel it. You don't want to stereotype any group. but, But man, have you heard Filipinos sing? And some from certain countries in Africa? Totally different than Thailand. And yet Thailand, the people have such high respect for God and such a humility and a gentleness. Again, we're stereotyping. Oh, what would we say about my German ancestors and their carefulness with time and efficiency? On it goes, when transformed by the glory of God, every culture shines beautifully. And God's intention, Jesus' intention, is that he will not come until he can bring all of them, people, some people, at least some, from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. So praise the Lord. You have in front of you the prayer cards for the specific ones that we have here in in Texas. I want to show you first where you can find them so you can print them out. You'll notice on the back now there is a call to adopt an unreached people group. And this is something that you can do today if you want. You look at the cards and you decide one that's in your hand, you want to keep that and you just want to have that on your fridge and before you, you're welcome to take those with you. But I especially wanted them so you would know that you can print them out and encourage your church to pray for them, along with the prayer guide, which we still have plenty that you can take home, but be able to call your people to pray. The Central Houston Church, they wanted to start a training group, but it was COVID, and so it was hard to get together. And so they began to pray together every Sabbath morning. Five, six ladies praying, praying, praying for four months. That's all they did for the unreached next door. And then they begin to do a training group and begin to reach out. Um, It starts and it ends with prayer. At Reach the World Next Door, if you just go down to the bottom, you'll see Help Refugees in Michigan. You can see it on the screen there or online at reachtheworldnextdoor.com or forward slash Michigan. You'll find it there. And then it has just a few words of introduction, a contact for Pastor Bob Stewart, the multi-ethnic ministries coordinator, the con- uh, a link for the training that we have, the 13 lessons, which we'll talk a little more later, and then the resettlement agencies that we were able to find that live, that are working near the different places, Battle Creek, Dearborn, Detroit, Grand Rapids, Holland, Kalamazoo, Lansing, Muskegon, Traverse City, and Troy. And then down below, more ideas on how to reach out. And then finally, we have here, you can't see them well on the screen the way it's there, but some, or I think they're just loading still. But it has all these prayer cards. Um, yeah, they're loading up there. And the very last one has that, uh, uh, for my adopted unreached people group, I will do such and such. That one you can print out for on the back sides of the cards. So there's, they're print out four at a time. Anyway, you'll figure that out, but we wanted to make sure those were available for you. So let's just pray. I'm going to wander among you, and you don't need to lift up all of them that are there, but you're welcome to to pray for them, pray for them in your heart if you don't do it out loud. But anybody who would like to pray, we want to pray for those that not many have prayed for, right? Lots of people have prayed for us and our children. But how many have prayed for the children of the Iraqi living in Detroit? We need to. But let's pray and honor our Lord. Father in heaven, thank you. Please give us the spirit of grace and supplication as promised in Zechariah so that we will mourn over Christ crucified as one grieves over their only or their firstborn son. Give us a heart to love our Savior as Mary did and spill out our life in blessing to these that you have died for. Bless us as we intercede for them this morning. Father in heaven, we we thank you for the privilege of knowing that our prayers will um, 
be instrumental in, in saving uh, the lost, the, the refugees. We want to ask for those that are from Yemen, 25,000 in Detroit. Lord, may you be with them and send your angels to minister to them. Amen. Amen. Lord, be with the Japanese people that uh, are in the region. May we help to reach them, reach out to them. May we be friendly to them. And may, may many Japanese people in this region accept Jesus and his message for the last days. Amen. Dear Father, thank you for the opportunity to be your hands and your feet and your voice to these people who have so many hurts. Please be with the Afghans and the Hindis. They both have their, their devotion to you in their own way, strange to us and unknown, and, but you have a way to reach them, and I pray that you would move on our hearts to give us wisdom to how to interact. For Jesus' sake, amen. 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 Father, thank you for the many people groups that you are bringing and have brought to Michigan. And I want to particularly uplift the people from Saudi Arabia, the Muslim people from Saudi Arabia. There are several thousand in Detroit alone. Heavenly Father, I uplift the people of Eritrea who have mm. had so many challenges mm -hmm. because of the war and because of the drought that has uh, hit their country. Lord, you've placed them here in Michigan for a reason. And I ask that you help us to reach out to them so that we can share the gospel. Amen. Good news. Amen. I pray in this, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for the Persian and the Lao people. Um, we are just grateful that we are able to perhaps reach out to them here because we know that it would be extremely difficult to do it in their country. So, Lord, give us the right words, give us the right actions, and help us to know how to proceed. And may a fire be lit in all of our churches so that they could support these ministries along with us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I pray that you would be with the Bosniak people and the Gujarati people from India. Lord, you've brought these people to us. We don't need to go to other countries. And so give us the courage, give us the wisdom to know how to meet them where they're at, to help them, and to, um, to introduce them to you. Give us your spirit, Father, that we may do this because we cannot do it in our own strength. We thank you. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for each brother and sister in this room today, that you would thrust them out into, in, into their cities and that they would be a catalyst for their church and that they would be able to, um, that you would just draw people to them and find the love of Jesus. We ask that many, many of the unreached people groups across Michigan could have a, a small group meeting in, meeting in their apartments or meeting in homes, Lord, and finding the gospel. We thank you, Jesus, that this is your strategy and that you are going to send the angels and the Holy Spirit to help us do this work. Amen. Amen. Lord, we pray for the Jews, especially those here in America. They are a people with a, a rich spiritual heritage, yet many of them have lost sight of that and uh, have become very secular. They've gone through a lot of suffering in their history as well. And I pray that you would draw them back to you, and um, even more than that, that you would open their eyes to see Jesus for who he is and that he died to save them as well, and that you would help them to be receptive um, to him and um, and accept him as their savior. We pray that you would give us wisdom and uh, love in reaching out to them and that you would draw many of these 
um, people to you. Amen. So, Father, we thank you so much for giving us privilege, the privilege to be priests alongside Jesus Christ, to intercede for these, that they be reconciled to God. Send us as your ambassadors to do the work that Jesus came to do. He's carried their sins. He's broken down the barrier, but they just need to know what he has done and be able to receive and to be blessed and to be um, with you for eternity. Thank you, Father. Continue to inhabit our prayers and may our hearts turn often to these that are on your heart who have not had the privilege of knowing you yet. May we share our money, share our time, share our family, share our homes, share our churches with those that you have sent from afar. Thank you. Bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me say again, you are welcome to keep the cards you have or to set them, leave them behind, set them here, and uh, continue to pray that God will put this on the hearts of his church across Michigan, be able to raise us up to do the work from here and beyond that he wants us to do. As we've gone through this week together, the first day we spent time feeling what it's like to be a refugee as we went through a simulation where we lost things that were important to us, where we lost family members that mattered to us, activities that we had been used to doing. We went through it, and though it was just a simulation, we could, we could begin to taste a little bit of what they go through. But we know so much more as we get to know them as we spend time with them and we sit in their homes and hear their stories, that we can come close, even as Jesus did. Well, not as Jesus did. He became a refugee for us and came to come close to us in that way. But we can listen. We can hear. We can share their burdens. We can cry with them. We can rejoice with them when they experience new and beautiful things. We took time to talk about the importance of tangibly helping how there are so many needs as they come, especially as they initially come. And that's a crucial time to, if at all possible, be there to welcome them from the airport, to be able to help them get settled in, to continue to be a friend for the long haul as they go through the many different challenges. And that we can do a lot of this through refugee resettlement agencies who already have the experience, who have many resources, who have the knowledge that we need to connect with. And then we can involve our church. We can bring them alongside of us and we can continue on where the rate agencies finish their part. We can continue on in the long haul and move towards the spiritual conversations. We've discussed how strategic this is, that God has, has set up the world according to the laws of the universe, according to the laws of his character, so that nations rise as they follow his commands and fall as they reject his commands. And through that process, Countries dissolve into war and refugees flee to other countries and hopefully can come to meet with those who know, the God, know God and are able to help them to be connected. That many of them who have come, though not all, come from countries where the gospel has not had a chance to go. And as we reach them, they in turn can reach their own people much more effectively than we ever could. And so as we've gone through that, we, we then begin to take time, especially yesterday, to ask the question, what does it look like to share verbally a testimony after you've lived a life of love for them, been a friend alongside them, not a perfect one, but one who knows the one who can perfect us, to how we can listen well and then affirm what's in common so that they know we value the things that matter to them and then we can share our testimonies of what God has done for us, the stories of Jesus, and invite them to experience something of his power. This is the, the flow as we, as we move, move through this. And I'm, I'm going to have um, Julie and, and Pastor Steve pass out to you something I forgot to give you yesterday, which has, let me give them to, to the two different ones so you each get one there, that has the four steps that we talked about in sharing a verbal witness. And it has about six scenarios of a Buddhist, a Hindu, a Muslim, a Jew, so that you can go back through this and think about it some more. It comes right out of, or it's very similar to what's in the training that can help you to uh, continue to wrestle with, how do I go from this friendship I've made into spiritual conversations? How can I um, use the bridges God has already created to be able to share. 
And then for our last time today, part of the time, as I've mentioned, I want to save the last bit of time to be able to hear what God has put on your hearts that you want to do as you go back to your communities and then to be able to pray for each other and send each other out to continue the work that God has, God has given us. Uh, but for about 15 minutes, I want to, want to look at um, a simple way of once there are some interests, how you can create a small group that is a safe place for somebody who's not a Christian to come to. Because you think about it, if somebody invited you to go to the Hindu temple nearby and their desire was that you would become a Hindu and you walked in there and you smelled the incense and you saw the gods and you saw the worship going on and no matter how nice they were to you, there's a good chance you'd probably never go again. You just did it once because they're your friend. And many, many non-Christians have done the same. They've gone to church because somebody invited them, but it was just too weird. <laughs> I use a strong word there, not because I think it's weird, but because they feel it's weird. It's so different in so many ways. But sometimes it's a blessing. Sometimes it's a joy. As um, Sorry about that. Come on in. And, and so that's, it's important that we have halfway houses, if you want to call them that, a place that is, that is comfortable. And the home is a comfortable place, right? Their home or your home, it's not too different. It's not too strange, yeah, especially if you've become their friend. And so the, the sheet I want to give you now, if you want to share that one out, this one, I need to keep one. This one comes out of the 11th lesson in our, in our training, and it really comes out of Acts chapter 2. Because as we, as we talked about yesterday, when the Spirit of God was poured out, it changed the people. Already they had moved towards unity, they had confessed their sins, they'd come close together. But now they had 3,000 more join them. 3,000 more believers in Jesus Christ suddenly added to your church in one day. What do you do with that? How on earth do you follow up on that? How do you, how do you nurture that belief and system? I mean, what a wonderful problem, but that's a problem. And the Holy Spirit had it all taken care of. Because as the Holy Spirit converted their hearts, He led them to these natural outgrowths of the Holy Spirit being in us. And yet we must challenge ourselves, each of our churches, to see if we're matching up to that early church and we can actually move towards creating a small group in our homes that is as close as we can to that early church. So look with me carefully at the paper. I want to just go right down through it. And we'll, And this is posted. You'll find this under Spiritual Resources on the Reach the World Next Door site. And you can also find it on the My Language, My Life site um, under English, under Small Group Resources. So it's there as well as in the training. So one of the first things we see that in the text there, verse 46 and 42 of Acts 2, they were breaking bread from house to house, ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people and in prayers. Now that's a mouthful right there. I've just put a bunch together. But when we come together as a small group Bible study, as a place, it's so important that we be family, that we be fellowship, that we be the body of Christ, that we care for each other. And you've probably been to a Bible study or a prayer meeting where it was just business. I mean, church business. It was time to pray, time to study, good night, <laughs> and you're gone. Um, or, or a Sabbath school class where it's about the lesson. It's not about people. And for God, it's about both. To love with truth. To, truth is loving. And so it's important that there's time to ask questions like it says under share, care, and pray. What are you thankful for? What else has been, what has been challenging for you this week? What else would you like us to pray about? Let's pray for each other now. Taking time for those questions to hear how people have been doing this week. You may have somebody who comes, and we've had this in our small groups, where we're ready with a clear Bible study, and somebody's like, I lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't see how I can pay the bills. Or... Somebody, somebody they loved actually died that week, and here they are, they're broken. Then you know what you need to be about. But if you hadn't asked, they might not have told you. And it's important, so important. What is, 
what are you thankful for teaches them to praise God. And this is something that a non-Christian can do. We've written the questions in such a way that even if you don't believe in God, you're still thankful about something. You still faced a challenge. And as they share their challenges, then you can pray for them. Ask them, may we pray for you about that right now? And that creates a family, a beautiful family. This is built into also into the training. We've built it into from the very first lesson of the 13 lessons of Reach the World Next Door training, these kind of questions and accountability so that already by the time you get to the end of it and you're beginning to know people that maybe can come into a group, you're used to being a family like that if you've been doing it as a group. So the second section, Reflect So We Can Grow, is built on, of course, they continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine, Acts 2.42. Do you remember in the Great Commission, Commission, Jesus said, go and make disciples, teaching them to what? To observe. It's not intellectual learning that Jesus is interested in. He wants to transform the life by the wisdom that comes from God. So Jesus would teach just enough and then try to help people to do it. He would take the disciples and give them enough so they could then act on it. And we have to do that in our Bible studies and our training of people that we help them to take hold and to do something with it. So these kind of questions are accountability questions that we ask at least from the second time together. Reflect so we can grow. A, what did we study last time we were together? Anybody remember? Okay, and then you're like, um, I'm not sure. Well, we were talking about the story of Joseph. Oh yeah, Joseph, we're supposed to forgive those who have hurt us, even if it's horrible. That's right. So how did it go? Did anything change in your life as a result of last week's teaching? So not only did you remember it, but what did you do with it? This helps people to, to know, even if, they can't, if they're like, uh, no, I was going to take time to think about my uncle and how to forgive him, but I didn't really want to, so I never did. Okay, how about this week? All right, I'll try. They know you're going to ask, and so they take it serious. C says, with whom did you share the story or passage? You'll see at the end that it's always asking people to share what they've learned. And so you're asking, who did you share with? Assuming that they did, and that helps create the hope and the plan to do so. And D, last time we talked about specific needs in our community and what we could do to help. How did it go? You're building in community service that way and calling people to reach out, not just to be about receiving, but being about caring. So it takes time. You're not to Bible study yet, and you're halfway through. But you've cared for each other. You've rejoiced and praised God. You have helped each other to do the Word of God instead of just to be hearers. The next section says, Study God's Word. This outline is very similar to the discovery Bible study approach that's being used around the world by other Christians. It can be used on any story or passage in the Bible, and you can replace this section with other approaches. You could use a topical Bible study, a set of studies, whatever in this section. This is the Bible study time of your, of your group. But I have these specific questions here that can be used for any passage in the Bible, which means that God can lead you to choose what you think is best. Maybe it's a, a Muslim group, and you need to stay in the books of Moses because they appreciate that the most or value, or think it's the least corrupted. Or maybe it's somebody who's completely new, and you want to introduce them to the teachings of Jesus. Buddhist background, connect with the morality that Jesus taught. So A says, please read the passage, so you're Bible-centered. It's not your own ideas. B, could someone please retell the passage in your own words? So we'll, yes, Julie. And one thing that we like to do is we let them know in advance um, to listen carefully as they're, as they're reading because we're going to ask somebody to retell it so that if they know that in advance, they're really paying attention mm-hmm. because one of them may be called on to, to retell it. Amen. Uh, keeps yeah. them tuned. All right. And then, see, are there any details that we can add that were not mentioned? So maybe somebody just told it real quick and real simple. Joseph went down to Egypt and um, he forgave his brothers. All right, thank you. Anybody else have some additional details you want to add? And you fill out the story. Then D, if someone says something that is incorrect, we can best correct it through the passage itself by asking, 
where did you find that in the passage? And they're like, um, oh, that was just my idea. Oh, okay, all right, so let's look back at the story. And that helps keep it centered on Scripture, and especially for those maybe who are wanting to wander. Then the E, F, and G are some specific things that we can ask about any passage. What does this passage teach us about God? What does this passage teach us about how we should live? Like, is there a command to obey, a good example to follow, or a bad example to reject? And G, are there any promises about what God will do to help us? So it's focusing them on God, who it's all about. This is about Jesus. This is about God. It's focusing them on what he's calling them to and the sin he's asking them to reject. And it's focusing them on the power of God to change our lives, the righteousness of Christ. Finally, since this is God's word to us, how must we change? The application. What's going to be different because we spent this time together? How's it going to look this week in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities? Gladly they received his word, Acts 2.41. And then before we go, we want to ask them that question, who do you know that needs to hear what we've learned before we meet again? We study with a Laotian named Pali, and sometimes his wife doesn't come. Pali, are you going to share this with your wife and your son? Oh, yes, I always do. Yeah, he does. He teaches, he shares. B, do you know anyone in your community that needs our help and who we can pray for? You're getting them that outreach focus. And C, let's pray now, asking God to help us live what we have learned and for God to use us to reach our community and others who need him. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen? Amen. Isn't God's word beautiful, powerful? Julie. We like to use this format because it's not assuming anything. You know, we're all at the same basis. They're reading it together. We're discovering together. So no one feels like they're coming in like they already know everything. You know, I'm the, the new person. No, we're all, anyone can retell the story. Anyone can read this passage. And then we all share. So it's a, it's a good, simple way to introduce the Bible and a small group, whichever people group you're working with. And when you're consistent on this, then somebody who's in your group, who you begin to include and have them help lead, can shortly, when the group gets too big, divide, and they can lead it as well. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be an authority on the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. You can simply know how to open God's Word. Any other comments or thoughts on what we've just looked at? Or questions? It's a good Bible study approach not necessarily cross-cultural in any situation because particularly when it's familiar it's easy to not internalize it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so often we fail to apply god's word and it just is intellectual knowledge we like to learn something new but then it's our lives that really need the transformation it's very true so easy in the context of a small group for people to ask questions, or at least for you to figure out, that person's asleep, I don't think they got anything out of it. Or ask them specifically, so what does that mean to you tonight? And be able to help them develop and, and grow. Other thoughts or questions about the thought or the concept of moving people from they're my friend, to we've had some spiritual conversations, I think they're open and interest, to Oh, we're meeting together in their home, in my home, with their friends, with other new people. What, you, what, what is coming to your mind in those areas? I, I like this approach that uh, invites people and ourselves to apply the Word of God into daily living mm -hmm. and, and also invite, encourage them to serve. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jobson. Mm -hmm. Pastor saying. Does this work for a actual church, this kind of a format? When we think of church in the way we have always gone to church, what is, what is, you've, you've started a, a, a church there in, in, um, in Holland. Is, is this connect with what you've done and how that got started? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, when you, 
when I started um, church planting, I didn't have I didn't have this kind of outline in you know like something to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but um, I guess uh, you know the Holy Spirit just kind of uh, led in different ways. Um, but as I look at the outline and and later on, after you know I've already done some of the work, then I realized that oh, it's it's very helpful to um, to have something like this. Because you know, there's a lot of things that I just blindly go into it. Well, not blindly, I, no, I was in the Holy the Spirit's leading. God and the Spirit has led you. But yeah, it's 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 um, very um, effective when you're able to use the story, and everyone can has can have a part in it, and mm. to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, even people that that don't have the um, biblical background, like the people group I work with, they came from Buddhist background, so they have zero knowledge of what the Bible is or what's in the Bible. And so, like when you go with, with stories like that, it gives them the opportunity to mm-hmm. to explore mm-hmm. in the Bible and learn different stories at different times and through time. It take a lot. It take a lot of time for them to really know. But yeah, it's it's helpful um, to have this. Mm-hmm. Now that I think back um, about like if I had had this uh, when I started, <laughs> it would maybe I would uh, be more successful. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think what's beautiful in the Laotian culture in Southeast Asia is it's so relational. People love to be together. They want to spend time together. They are eating, maybe not breaking bread together, but breaking sticky rice together. They're, they're, they love to spend time. And through that time that you have together, you get to know the members. and You get to know the struggles. You find out what's needed. And that is so crucial for the growth of God's people, for the growth of his church. Whereas many times in some of our Western churches, you show up at church right at 9.30 or 10 o'clock, 10.30, 11. And then when the sermon's over, you're gone. And the doors are closed for the rest of the week. Um, Whereas God's people, the people who are coming to him, need that fellowship many times daily to really make the big change from the non-Christian background to a new, new world. Any other thoughts in helping move from a few friendships towards a small group, towards a church? Yeah. Um, what I found to be the most, one of the very most important um, when you work with, especially with the Buddhists, I, don't, I haven't worked with Muslims or Hindus, so I can't speak to that, but uh, for the Buddhism, uh, people from the Buddhist background, um, friendship is so important. Um, they have this uh, mentality where truth comes after um, uh, like respect, like to respect them, to to be uh, to win their heart mm-hmm. is is most most important step uh, to win their their heart, to win their trust is is more important than in the truth. Because, for example, um, in the U.S. When you go to a church or a small group and you don't get along with um, the pastor, or you don't like the you know necessarily like the leaders or the Sabbath school leaders or whatever, you still go because the truth compels you. The truth uh, leads you to go. But um, but in like the Buddhist uh, uh, church, if you go to the temple, you will see that that when they don't like the the, the head monk or whatever, they they even though. Um, uh, they're still Buddhist, but they don't. They don't necessarily go. They, a cert, they have to have a certain ties to to the to the leader. Leader figure is so important, and so that's why as as church planters, we're not just there to share the truth. It's like we're there to be the mother father figure for them in spiritual walk, and um, and so I found that um, oftentimes, especially the new people that comes to the group, um, oftentimes. They what they need is is to feel they they're import they 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 want it they feel they feel be, they belong they, and uh, so the most that the best that you can do is to win their heart by being there by witness to them by just just pour out to them and then once they once they love you once they trust you pretty much you can say a lot of things even things that are not so so um, like uh, the truth that may not be it's some truths are. That we have uh, similar, you know, like respect parents, things like that, like the commandments, the uh, Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. and 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 to start sharing the Ten Commandments with them, it's actually a good thing. You know, sometimes we like we don't want to start there, but actually for the Buddhists, we start with the Ten Commandments because it parallels to their belief, their mm-hmm. core beliefs, and so especially if you start on the last six, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so then, um, 
and so then uh, but but once you but once you win their heart you can say a lot of things like like uh, and will not offend them because they know that you love them Amen. and so that's the most important thing is the key is that you you make them know that you care and that you're there for them constantly and sometimes you know they need help more than just like with the bible knowledge a lot of times most i say 90 percent of the time in my church planting experience uh the they need me for like you know take them to uh hospital or to doctor's visits or to uh, you know help with like paperwork for like assistance with the you know medicare mm -hmm. and things like that so a lot of like 90 percent of the time i'm helping them the uh, basic needs but at the same time i'm winning their heart Amen. and so when it's time for me to share the gospel with them they're open to it and wow. they're just like because they know i love them amen amen that is a fantastically beautiful summary of what we've been saying I really, really appreciate that pastor saying, and I encourage you, if you're anytime can, take a trip over to Holland and visit the Laotian Thai, is it Laotian and Thai? It's for everybody, right? And the good food there together will be another good reason to go. But you can learn a lot by observing a, a group that meets in another language, and do they speak some English there too? Yeah. So we'd, we'd understand, okay, so it's a bilingual church. Pretty much. So there in Holland be a good place. Truly, if we are wanting to see God's kingdom grow to the ends of the earth, our vision must be more than ministry to refugees, friendship to international students. It needs to be to see God's church planted. Sometimes you can simply invite them to your church after you've nurtured them and helped them to come to faith, or maybe even before then. Some are ready and open to come to church. It may not be that weird to them. They may want to be hearing the English and be a part of that. You just have to discern and see. But in our mind frame, if we can think, oh, a church planted, that may be like, no, no, that's not me. I'm not a church planter. Ellen White says, church planting should be something that every one of God's people has on their heart. Wow, that's amazing. Well, that's what we're wanting. We want to see the kingdom go to every people group. So they may need it in their own language. Many times, as, as Shirley could share over and over, People need to be freed to meet in their own language and have their own leadership strengthened to run with the ministry so that others who come, perhaps they're Buddhists, uh, who wouldn't sit in church for the church to be translated into their language, because some pastors think, hey, just um, bring them on in here and we'll set up you know, little speakers in your ears and we'll translate into many languages and our church will grow. Well, it will grow some. And praise God for those who are willing to do that. But those who slow down and empower a group that is especially needing to meet in his own language for the many who've come who aren't understanding English or who would be bored to have to sit through that or struggle. And it's not just time. It's the concepts, are, are the way of presenting. Even if you translate, sometimes it's not understood. But when you can equip a national leader, a person of their own, to share, it can be super powerful. Much more about that in what we have there, but I want in the lessons and the training. But I want to come to the time of asking you, what has God done for you this week by our, by our time together? And is there anything new that he has put on your heart to do as you go back? So if you're willing to share, I'm just going to walk around again with this lovely little mic and um, would love to hear what God has done. It will be a blessing to all of us and to any who listen later. Anyone? Yeah. Yes. Say your name, just to remind the group before you speak. Yes, I'm Daniel. I'm pastor of Holy and Grand Blank Church. In, in Grand Blank, we've just finished um, our new building, our premises. We have a place of worship. We have classrooms, and uh, we have um, a dining area with kitchen and so on, and we have an extra room for a foreign group, which is a Spanish group. And we want to know who are the needy people in the community. And that Amen. Steve has um, offered to help with the software that you have so we can find Praise out God. who's newly arrived. So I want to know my church members are eager. We've been praying to find out who is it, Lord. Guide us to the people that are, are needy, that are you know, not sure of, of how to get around and so on. So we, we want to start doing that and then just see how God will lead us and who we find and then what he wants us to do from there. But Amen. we want to reach 
um, the world next door. Amen. Praise the Lord, Pastor Daniel. Thank you. And the software that he mentioned, it's called Bless Every Home, and ASAP Ministries has access to that. Pastor Steve can help you to know who's right around your community, Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus, Jews. And we can, of course, always connect with refugee resettlement agencies to hear the latest of who's just come. Who else would like to share? Yes, sister. I, I just... Uh, Your name again? My name is Beata. Yes. I'm from Lansing. After I've attended this program, I've had the desire to go out and share with the refugees in Lansing. I found out from my friend, Susa, she's um, the women ministry's leader, but she's also a nurse. She works with the health department. So she's the one who said that we have a lot of Afghan refugees in Lansing. And so we'll be praying for them, and maybe I can volunteer to welcome them from the airport as well Amen. and see what God leads after that. Thank you, Beata. It's beautiful, very special. Someone else? Yes, sister. <clears throat> I've been humbled and convicted of all the opportunities I've muffed. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway. God still works with us. Amen, <laughs> amen. And has he put on your heart anything specific? Well, we have just moved, and so, um, no, not specific. Amen. Well, actually, my heart is for the Muslims. Mm. And we'll see where it goes from there. Amen. amen. Praise <laughs> the Lord. That's beautiful. He will lead you forward. Surely. I find change. Oh, Shirley Fenneman at Battle Creek. We've been working with refugees, and actually the first thing was to find them a place to meet so they could have it in their own language to start mm -hmm. off with. Now they actually are meeting in the church. It's grown, and it, we keep changing rooms, and now they're meeting in the sanctuary in the afternoon. <laughs> but here. I've been there when they were meeting in the youth room. Now <laughs> they're meeting right. in the sanctuary. Right. Praise God. Yes, almost 90 members now. Wow. But what has impressed me through this class and to talk to Pastor Steve and, some, and Pastor Sang is to train our young people and our refugees now to interact and our refugees can start training our church members to reach out to other people Amen. and to build scenarios so that they go through this kind of thing. They can interview one of our own church members who's a refugee and back and forth because mm -hmm. now the refugees, they need some skills to reach out to different groups. And so Beautiful. I'm excited about having them come do some training and actually have, and if anybody wants to come down and join us too, that because uh, I know some people don't have the resources in the area mm -hmm. that we can come and work together so then we can go back and amen amen yeah. i love your thought of inviting others from around to come and join any training that you do at one place and that's where it's important julie can you make sure that clipboard goes around if you put your name and email down um, we'll we'll be sending you the e-notes of things that are happening and but this will also be useful for keeping in touch right specifically in Michigan if if one of you is willing to do something with Facebook to keep that posted write Facebook next to your name as it goes around and it would be good to have some sort of or maybe a WhatsApp group WhatsApp works really well and a little more private uh, so that can be discussed and pulled together someone else share your thoughts you had a thought. Yes, Julie. I have lots of thoughts. Um, the, if we do a, 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 a Michigan WhatsApp group, is there someone who would be willing to, what I'm thinking of is so that we can, we can stay in touch to pray for each other. Like if there's going to be an event that finally you're, that one shirt, the one you're, you found the, the people in your area and, and, and we could pray for that or pray for certain things. Um, also, also to do like a, we have a, a prayer line that happens in Texas. And if there was somebody who was willing to lead that in this group, you could start up a prayer group 
for specifically for the unreached people groups that we have been praying for every day, that that as we are working among them, we can start bringing those to the prayer line. So I think what we're saying is that you run with the ideas. Don't depend on Pastor Steve or ourselves. If you have an idea in these areas, take the initiative and invite the others, but we'll make sure that you have each other's contact, as long as that's fine with you. If not, scratch out your name and email. Um, but that way you'll be able to encourage one another. Mm-hmm. God wants this in every church. Every yeah. church is to be a training center. Every church is to be a missionary center for him. Mm-hmm. And so this this can and, and will grow. Mm-hmm. Pastor Steve, and then back to you, Carrie. One thing I'm excited about is that we're pushing very strongly right now to form partnerships throughout the NAD um, with like-minded individuals that have this passion for reaching out to refugees, immigrants, and international students. And on the ASAP website, we're going to have a page that is dedicated to making known different service and mission opportunities here in the U.S. as well as internationally, but especially here in the U.S. And so if you're interested in that, uh, please let us know. We hope to have that uh, up and running fairly soon, and it will be up to date. And already, by God's grace, we have several churches uh, here in Michigan, uh, and it's expanding, that already are on board with this and wanting to partner in this way. And so if you have something that you and your church are wanting to do, um, and you want that word to, be, to spread, that could be something that we can share easily on that, on that same page, and we can encourage one another, uh, not only through prayer and uh, financial support and all that sort of thing, but also just by presence, by helping out whenever possible. And I think the big thing is just awareness as to what's happening. And so uh, you can follow me with me on that afterwards, but it'll be available on the ASAP uh, website. Amen. That's exciting. Carrie? I've been excited to just to find out the amount of resources available. That, that's one of the things that I would like to do is go home and study on all the web pages and learn more. Um, but another thing is I like to work with children a lot, so I've been enjoying getting to know the refugee children. And I'm thinking as we're preparing for VBS this year, I'm thinking some type of traveling children's program, not exactly the same, but to take it to them. Amen. Small family groups in their homes or to gather at a park or something to take them. <laughs> We would be happy to talk with you about that more. For the last three years, we've done children's programs with the Afghan Muslim children in the park or in their apartment complex. And we have seen how whole families will come out to the park. We've had 100, 120 at a time where we put on a simple moral-based program, sometimes stories of the prophets. We've been careful about talking about Jesus as Savior and God because we know that many of the parents would not appreciate that. That can happen in the homes as certain families are open to that. Um, But there's so much good that can be done, Pathfinder-type programs we hope to get into this year. We will be getting into this year starting club ministries among the Muslims. And so this is the kind of networking and knowledge-based building that we want to have happen at ASAP Ministries and Reach the World Next Door and and other places. One more comment here, and then we're going to, two more comments, and then we're going to wrap it up. I'd like to speak to that as far as I started out working with the refugees by music. Now, we had Christian background. They were some Mm -hmm. Baptists and some Adventists. That's how we ended up teaching English to the older people, because they thought they could never speak it. But by singing with the children, they were more open to singing, and it was not embarrassing. Amen. And uh, so, right on track. Very fun. Pat? Um, I don't know where to start with, with the things that I've learned from both classes, the afternoon class and this class. So... Um, like Carrie, I, I can't wait to go home and just go through the resources and the mm-hmm. materials that you have provided, uh, which has generated uh, a lot of ideas. Also, um, the Jesus model, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm really convinced that that's the, the steps. That's, that's for me, that's going to be my model. Um, and on another subject, I like the idea of a WhatsApp group. Mm-hmm. I think that is, you know, you can you can scroll past it you can not check it if you're too busy but i'm part of a rwandan group that um that somebody put me on i don't understand really anything that they say but it's extremely 
Um, sometimes I will translate some of the things, but it's extremely supportive of each other. Mm -hmm. It's a very active group, and I really appreciate some of the things that, that I do understand, that I, some of the songs that they share. Um, so I think a WhatsApp group would not, not be too much of a, a burden, and I think that's a really good idea. I am not technically uh, savvy in that area, but I would be happy to help if somebody could, you know, be a moderator along with me or with a couple of us. Is there anyone else who would be helpful, would be willing to help in setting up a WhatsApp group? If you don't have that app, it's just like a text text app you'd be willing to? Awesome. It's it's just like having the text on text place, but it's just it's easier with a group to do things to communicate, and and it's easy to just download that app and and use that as well. So they can help you to do that. If you've put did we put down phone numbers? Yes, we did. Yes. So that will so be an excellent okay, way. So is that everyone? If we put you on that, you don't have to. Com you don't. You can always remove yourself. Yeah. You? Yes. Of yeah. course. Yeah. So. <laughs> Accept, accept okay, it and so do it. Have to accept it. So, so they'll help. The two of you will help pull together the group then. We'll give okay? you a copy of this at and, the end. And, be and able it's to a do wonderful that. place that you can decide to find out when you want to pray together and, and people who can join, great. It's also a place for brainstorming. Does anyone have an idea to, I'm wanting to do this. Can somebody help me have some ideas or resources? <laughs> and then people can just... You know, put their do do that for starters. If you decide to make a prayer group, you can. If not, you can join. This is not just for Texas. This is for wherever, and it's actually seven o'clock your time. Aren't you lucky? Yeah, it's six o'clock our time, seven a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and so you just call in that phone number, put in the access code, and we pray from six to six thirty, seven to seven thirty your time, and just the United Prayer format that Pastor that brother. Um, Jem has been doing in the morning we do but we focus on unreached people groups at that time all right I'm going to finish with just a couple more moments and that is I want to show you on the reach the world next door site find my glasses so that you have just a little picture of what's inside the package of the reach the world next door training and this is available from ASAP Ministries for $50 for the hard copy and the access to the, to the videos that, are, that go with it. But let me just show you what's there because you can also access it for free. So if you go to the training and you just want to know what it's about, you look there, as long as our internet helps us here, and you go down, it'll give you an outline of the 13 lessons and what's in there. And right there, you can see the different classes. And you can enroll. You can do it all online with Adventist Learning Community if you want. These are some videos that you can use to promote it. But it is much more effective if you do it as a small group together or at least on Zoom together. And those course resources are also right here where you can click on the lesson modules and it gives you the 13 lessons right there and then then you can um, so you can watch the video there and then if you go to the lesson it will show it actually right here um, with the video the homework video there's usually a homework video to watch as well and there's several in that one and then here's the lesson so the same thing that's in the booklet is right here. You can just print that out for free. And then it also has the Praying for the World Next Door prayer guide that you can click on. And it has my favorite missionary, which is the 13, 13 less, uh, lessons that go through what Jesus, Jesus encounters with people of the world next door. That goes along with it. So everything is there. It's easy to facilitate, but Pastor Steve and I are happy to coach you in some way to get it started, to know what to do. But I've found church members without any coaching just pick it up and gather a group and begin to follow it through. A little video presentation. Well, first the questions, how have you, how's your week been? How did your encounters, how did your outreach go? What's been happening? And then they spend the time watching the video, discussing it, 
and then praying for the people you're reaching out to and going out to try again. So I encourage each of you to do that. I think you will find it holistic, the kinds of things we've covered this week. It goes into more deeply. Sometimes it's too much for one week and people will do it over two weeks time. Um, but the important part is get out and do the things that it calls you to do. Pastor Steve. Pastor, I just wanted to mention that um, in addition to having the materials freely accessible anytime online, and of course uh, through the, the actual training uh, kit materials, um, we are planning to do a cohort starting late August and early September, which we, over 13 weeks, will we'll cover the materials together. That's primarily geared towards Southwest Michigan, but we're open to having anyone that's interested join us via Zoom, or you can come down to the Bering Springs area. Uh, we'd be happy to have you. But if you're interested in that, also come see me afterward. Very good. That's really important. And I would say for anybody who's like, I'm all by myself out of the church. Nobody else is interested. I don't think I can get anyone to do it. I'm not sure about doing this on my own. Then join in mm -hmm. and be part of a team. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, if you think, oh, I've got two or three people at church. We can do this. Let's gather some more. Maybe if we advertise it, we'll have 10. And, and that's the kind of thing we want to coach and support. And then at the end, there is a, a certificate that each one would, would receive being a Reach the World Next Door missionary, meaning that they've done the lessons, they've gone out, and they've met and befriended refugees and are in that, working in that, in that um, type of ministry which is a blessing. And then you just keep adding, doing another class. <laughs> mm -hmm. For anyone that's new today, be sure and pick up the My Language, My Life cards. This is over 180 languages, resources, Seventh-day Adventists and biblical resources available. So when you meet somebody and you're making a friendship and you hear a little bit of an accent and you say, do you speak another language besides English? And they say, oh yes, I speak Swahili. You're like, wow, how, how does that sound? And they share with you, and then you say, can I look on your phone? I've got a site that's got 180 languages. Let's see if it has Swahili. And you look down there, and you find it, you play it, and they're like, wow, you have something that has my language. And you've left the gospel in their hands. So that's something, even when you run out of cards, just pull out your phone. And you're welcome to take several. I, I brought some from the booth. So if you want to have several, um, anticipating that you will start a small group of prayer, reaching out, um, you're welcome to pick up the stacks, stacks of the Reach the World Next Door's cards and these. And also, if you're thinking that you will be working with Afghanis, you can pick up one of the Dari-speaking God pods. This is available here if you want to write credit card information here on the envelope. You can, and the ASAP Ministries will charge you, and you can take one home with you. We have about 20 copies of those here. And any time that you are able and want to support Reach the World Next Door, you can do so through ASAP Ministries online or by calling or through the envelope there. And that will support the work among refugees, as well as you can support work among refugees around the world on the border of Thailand, among the Korean refugees, or in Lebanon for the Syria refugees. Many things there that are happening. And if you don't want to put your, your, car, your credit card material information on here you could zell it so you could you can talk uh, with us i think better that. you can call asap ministries and you can give them your credit card information okay and on you can take one and then just call mm -hmm. um and you can get that information on here so pick up one of these if you're wanting the kit and you can call and and pay for it that way okay we are yes, yes. over time yeah. um so let's just pause and let's let's pray Julie, would you say a prayer to close us out and pray especially for what has just been shared and mm -hmm. the unspoken aspirations of those who maybe didn't speak up or are still thinking about these things that God will guide each of us. Mm -hmm. As Isaiah 60 verse 22 says, a little one will become a thousand, <laughs> a small one a strong I nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Mm -hmm. What people group does God want to use you to reach maybe one person who will become a thousand and together become a strong nation of those who enter in with the glory of their culture to honor God for eternity. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, we just rejoice that this is, you're excited, I know you are, Amen. and we want some of your boldness and your Holy Spirit um, all of your Holy Spirit, so that we can be empowered to do the work that you have called us to do, 
Thank you for sending us out. Thank you for the privilege of bringing um, dear brothers and sisters from around the world to our very doors in our in our neighborhoods and in our schools and um, so that we can share the love of Jesus much more easily than going over to meet them. Lord, help us to be faithful to do the, the work that you've called us to do. And may we be equipped and stay in touch so that we can encourage one another. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're coming soon. And thank you for camp meeting, that we can learn these things and grow from each other. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 22 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcasts.